This is DWZ Podcast with J-Rod here. Deleted WrestleZone's very own podcast of professional wrestling with AEW, NXT, New Japan Pro Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, the National Wrestling Alliance, various promotions, wrestlers, matches, and championships. I am your host, J-Rod here. So welcome back, listeners. Uh, sorry I couldn't do this uh, yesterday. So today is December 28th, a Thursday. So I'm able to do this today. So let's talk about um, certain things about various topics. Now, if you guys remember what happened in All Out 2022, uh, or was it 2023, one of the two. Remember they couldn't talk about the situation that took place involving CM Punk and all the parties involved. Well, apparently, uh, that backstage incident took place back in 2022, uh, resulted in what it, uh, in a lot of things that took place. Now, Tony Khan could not comment or talk about this, and I know many of the wrestling news updates were, wrestling news outlets were getting frustrated that Tony Khan cannot talk about it well apparently this was revealed by CM Punk's attorney that Tony Khan and everybody else involved in this uh, sign a NDAs which means it's called a non-disclosure agreement or a non-negotiating agreement so basically they can't talk about that or it's a complete lawsuit that of course will happen now I know some of you say, but it's a bunch of bullshit. We want to know what happened. Guys, when it means they cannot talk about it, they can't talk about it. It's sealed and it cannot happen. Now, you can bitch and complain all you want about they should talk about it, but they can't. It would result of a lawsuit. Now, that's the whole point of the whole thing. This was revealed by the attorney. Of CM Punk, uh, Stephen P. New. Now I don't know who this guy is. To be honest with you, I never even heard of this guy at all. But he was putting all of this in social media, explaining the situation. Now I don't know why, of all people, he decides to reveal this thing until now. I don't know. Was it because you know CM Punk, as you all know? Is in WWE now. Who knows why he did it. But Jericho, in the other hand, uh, <laughs> he did not like that this was already out in the public. This is something you don't talk about in public and say, Hey guys, look, we can't talk about this because there is a non-disclosure agreement that we can't talk. It's set for life. So, just letting you guys know. I'm like, well, I mean, it does sound like that when you think about it. But, I mean, look. What is the point telling about it? I mean, look. Is this guy trying to be famous? I don't know. But if it is, well, shame on him. That's my honest opinion. If there is an NDA, at least the attorney just be more professional. Say, look, guys, um, I know some of you have questioned Tony Khan about this for a long time. And you want to know what happened. Well, he can't talk about it because he signed a non-disclosure agreement. You see, that's the thing what's going on. People just don't get it. I, I kind of figured 
from the very beginning when this whole incident happened that <coughs> there was going to be a non-disclosure agreement. But the real question, did they sign it? It appears it did. But except the only person who was not signed into this whole thing was Ace Steel's wife, Lucy. Now, the reason is this. She is not working with the company at all. She was just there in support of her husband and all this and the other that. And that was the whole point of the whole thing. So it makes sense. So the Bucks, Kenny, Ace Steel, and whoever, whatever party was involved in this backstage incident back in, in All Out 2022, they had to sign the agreement. So that's how this whole story was going around for a year. However, of course, we know what happened uh, back in All In in the UK where the backstage incident with um, Jungle Boy and CM Punk and all this. I'm sure there's going to be NDAs as well for that as we speak, but we don't know for sure. If there is, it would make sense. But, of course, a lot of the details were revealed. But um, the honest thing I'm uh, kind of curious about, are there any NDAs? Well, I don't know. I mean, if there is, it would make sense. But you got to remember, this incident in All In didn't happen in U.S. soil. It happened in the United Kingdom soil in England, most likely. So that's the thing. We don't know if there's some sort of law that requires in the U.K. to have an NDA. I don't know. But if there is, I'm sure that would come out at some point. I can't say when or I can't say where. But if there is, I understand. So so if you guys still want to talk about what really happened last year, well, now you know. It can't be talked about it. It's valid for life. That means they can't say it even until they die. Even after they die. So basically, sorry guys. Or as James Storm would say, sorry about your damn luck. Now, moving on. Now, as you know, I mentioned today is December 28th. Uh, th two days ago on Tuesday, on the 26th of December, I actually went to the movies to see The Iron Claw. If you guys know the movie, that's the story about the Von Erich family. More specifically, about the brothers. Uh... Kevin, <coughs> uh, Kevin, Mike, David, and Carrie. Now, there were certain things about this movie I did like. Certain, <coughs> <coughs> excuse me, certain things that make no sense. Now, I didn't notice about this maybe two or three days prior before watching this movie. They didn't even show the youngest of the of the sons, Chris. Now. I asked myself for quite a while, why? Why they didn't put Chris Von Erich involved? Well, it turns out that his death is similar to to the others, you know, like Mike Von Erich and all that. I mean, it would make sense. I mean, yes, their deaths are similar. I mean, if you saw the dark side of the ring with the Von Erich documentary, it kind of makes sense about that. But they, they could have just put it in, I mean, in some way. But the one thing that I also was kind of interesting is they never showed about the other uh, member of the family. We're talking about Jack Atkinson Jr., Kevin uh, Kevin's older brother, who was seven years old at the time. 
Now, if you guys know the story, let me explain this one to you. John Atkinson Jr., along with his brother, they were out uh, on the road, but he was in a puddle of water during a, uh, a very icy place. He got electrocuted and he got and he drowned. Some people say that this led to what becomes the curse. It would make sense, but they never showed what happened. But they did uh, mention about him on countless occasions, on, on two occasions. One where, of course, Kevin Ron Eric was spending time with his now wife, Pam. And then, of course, uh, a scene of the afterlife, which I thought was a beautiful moment, in my opinion. Not to give too much, but I I'll explain that a little bit. Um, there were certain things that they did not add, like, for example, David Von Eric. Uh, if you guys know this or not, he was married before he got, uh, before he died, but it turns out that he died right after, three years after, uh, Kevin Von Era got married to Pam, and I just don't understand why they never showed that he was ever married, that's part that I, I kind of knew about that David Von Eric really was married, because I looked it up online and all that stuff, and so did Mike Von Eric. but there was things that, uh, this, uh, these two ladies that I saw on YouTube recently, that there was something I wish they could have showed, but they never did because I don't know. We could have seen uh, <coughs> the scene where, of course, when David Von Erich was uh, experiencing his tour in Japan. I'm sure we would never see when uh, David Von Erich died, but I'm sure we would have seen where his body was discovered by Bruiser Brody. At the time, people thought the Bruiser Brody had something to do with it because... He tossed something in the toilet, and those were drugs. And of course, um, if you know how Fritz von Erich actually got the word, he get, he gets a visit from uh, someone that worked at the champ a referee a referee I believe from um, at world class championship wrestling, who had to inform Fritz about David, and he tells him about it. And there were a lot of things that they that they never explained about. I mean, look, the story, it's right there. But they didn't too, put too much of it, you know, like how it is. Even with Mike Von Erich, I know he was married too, but they never put that part. But much of the story we knew that Fritz Von Erich, their dad, he was a hard-ass piece of garbage. You know, how he was reading his son. But, of course, the story goes, Fritz took a bit, a skimmed off of... of his son's money, uh, how much they earned from the wrestling, you know, skimmed it off himself. Now, there was a scene that they showed. I'm not sure if that's like 100% accuracy, but uh, Kevin Von Erich discovered in the books that, of course, there was some money that didn't make no sense. He, according to what he said, he said that he got more money from what the books were saying. So basically, um, that kind of call into question. And there was documentaries saying that, you know, Fritz had a hold on his sons, you know, even when they're older, try to skim off the top from whatever hard-earned money he was getting. I have to say Fritz was a piece of garbage. I mean, yes, he was a hard-ass, and uh, many people say he was the most evilest person on the planet. Not to mention using his own sons to get to the top, because if you got, if, I don't, you may have heard that um, he never been into the, the top of the game, and during his time with NWA, never been world champion. So it was more like David was supposed to be it, and then Ke Kerry, 
and all this other stuff. So there was that stuff that never explained. But there was a bit of a flaw when it came to Kevin and his family, most specifically with his wife. Though you, you guys know this anyway. Kevin has two sons, uh, Ross and Marshall. But here's the thing. Prior, they, had, they have two daughters as well, but these daughters were born before Ross and Marshall. Now, there is his daughter, um, Kristen, who was born in 81. And then there's um, Jill, born in 85, then Ross in 89, and Marshall in 91. So basically, they the movie, for some odd reason, decided they're just going to put the sons first before the daughters. I just don't understand why. Why did they put the sons first? But I think maybe they decided to show it more like, okay, like, for Kevin, if you guys know this or not, he said that now that his brothers are gone, he doesn't feel like a brother anymore. And he had to tell this to his sons. And it hurts him seeing his sons play together, and, and, and it reminded him of his own brothers. And I think that's a sweet moment. And um, to be fair, I, I kind of broke into tears that because... Not because it felt very touching that he's getting comfort and, um, you know, happy that his sons are there for him. It made me think about my brother. Um, if you guys remember, not too long ago, I talked about him. I don't talk about my personal life that much. Um, uh, in, the, in the week of Thanksgiving, uh, my brother was not feeling well. He actually conducted a COVID test, and he came back positive. However, on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, he wasn't feeling too well. He was actually, my mom found him that he couldn't breathe. He was having short breaths. So she called an ambulance, and then the, the doctors <coughs> performed a COVID test, and uh, he came back negative, and then they tried again, and he came back. But the doctor said something that, really scared the hell out of me and that one was that if my mom didn't find him sooner he would have been dead within four hours after you know even if she didn't find him soon that kind of made me think man i would have been in that same kind of situation same kind of feeling with with kevin you know losing his brothers i would have felt like that i mean i do have half brothers but the truth is we are not in a good relationship i never even met them but me and my brother, we've been, well, not close for years now, but we've always call each other. We talk about wrestling. We talk about video games. I mean, I don't know what life would have been like now. But now, if you guys are asking me what really happened to him, I can tell you. Um, it turned out he's diabetic. He, um, His blood sugar was up high up to 700s, which is bad. But he's able to control it and... But my mom doesn't feel 100% confident right now because we made plans for January and uh, December. Well, my parents were planning to go to Waimas, which is down in Mexico, and February to Costa Rica. But uh, we, decided to can we decided to cancel all of it because recent times my brother, his di um, the levels of his diabetes, his blood sugar was going up and down, up and down. So basically, we decided to do that, but the problem is, is, is our trip in February to Costa Rica, where my cousin is getting married. 
My mom told her grandmother, my aunt, um, telling them what happened. And uh, she hasn't broken down to everybody because I don't know. I mean, we don't know how the family's going to be. But right now, my brother's in good health. Uh, right now, we're doing everything okay. We're trying to stay in touch with them no matter what. But we'll see what happens. But yeah. But The Iron Claw was a good movie. I mean, I do recommend. But like I said, certain things, they I wish they could add up. There was one scene I wish they could have put in, but it never happened. Like, um, about Kevin Von Erich. I don't know if you guys saw the scene in um, in Dark Side of, of the Ring where Kevin went to a gun store and took a shotgun without paying it. And, of course, there were some people there who know who he was, and they were, like, right there saying they're, they're right behind him. And Kevin was attempting to take his own life, and he didn't. I felt like the majority of the time... Kevin was more like, how can this happen? Like, his brothers were dying one by one. First, it was his older brother, Jack, and then David, then Mike, then Chris, then Carrie. Everybody was gone. I mean, it is a tragic story. But the best part is that he is healed from it with the love and support of his wife his daughters, his sons. And, of course, he's living the best life. I mean, ever since he left Texas, he lived in Kauai with his family. His sons are wrestlers, Ross and Marshall. I've seen them on MLW and all this other stuff. And, of course, he has 13 grandchildren. I think they're his biggest blessing of that. And, I'm sure Kevin is blessed for God that he they, that he is still alive, despite that I know deep down he is still saddened that he lost his brothers. But deep down, but there were people that did made another comment. I mean, something I wish. Carrie Von Erich has a daughter who was a wrestler too, but they never showed that he's ever been married. I mean, that's kind of messed up. Why didn't show that? We know that his da daughter, uh, Lacey, was had a very good career in TNA until she retires. So I never understood that part. But you know how um, movie peoples are. But like I said before, please go see it. I recommend it. You guys will eventually cry. There will be some good scenes you enjoy. Mostly the wrestling part. Now, before I go, you probably asked me, were there any wrestlers there? Yes. There was MJF. Now, they never mentioned that he was Lance Von Erich. Now, during an interview, MJF mentioned said that there was an interaction between both Lance and Kevin talking to each other about the match. But they decided not to show it because it was mostly like kind of focused about Kevin. Now, Kevin did state it in real life that he never did like the idea of Lance Von Erich. That was the thing. Uh, through Billy Cyrus, who's the current NWA national champion, was there too. He played... Terry Gordon of the Fabulous Freebirds, uh, Ryan Menneth, um, he played <coughs> Gino Hernandez, <coughs> uh, Chavo Guerrero, the Sheik, mm. and various others, but yes, so, um, but yes, I have to say it was a pretty good movie, 
So I would go see it now before it's too late. Now, our final thing we're going to talk, this is where people are calling this the forbidden door, but truth to be told, I don't consider this the forbidden door that NXT, WWE are looking for. Too, not too long ago, it was announced that All Japan got a call from someone from NXT saying that a suplex assassin was coming. And many people presume it was Drew Gulak, and people were calling this the Forbidden Door. But later it was revealed that um, it was Charlie Dempsey, Roland Regal's son. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking anything away from Charlie Dempsey's ability as a wrestler. But truth to be told, I don't consider this as the true Forbidden Door for WWE with All Japan. Now, let me explain this to you. Many people believe that New Japan made the biggest mistake by having a partnership with AEW. They think AEW were not the right choice. But listen, truth to be told, Dave Meltzer even commented about this before. He said that WWE were possibly going to make their guys look bad in their matches in a WWE ring. That's always been the clear-cut case right there. With AEW, they don't do that. They don't actually make their WWE, their, their New Japan wrestlers lose. We have seen them during the Forbidden Door like that in, in, in every location. But they do give the best matches as possible. That was the whole point. Um, All Japan Pro Wrestling, not going to lie. They do have some good talent, but they haven't been in the same high caliber as New Japan at all. Now, New Japan and All Japan have been in the same. They are two of the oldest promotions in all of Japan. They both started out around almost the same time together. I feel that WWE may not get that uh, whole thing with All Japan that much. Uh, reason is this. They suffered... Um, Three exodus during the, their history. One with uh, Chenichiro Tiru back in the 80s. Uh, Misawa back between the 1999 and 2000. And then, of course, uh, Keiji Mudo, um, 10, uh, 2010s. But, um, truth to be told, I just feel like, I don't know. Charlie Dempsey ha having their guy to represent NXT... I felt they could have done better, in my honest opinion. I mean, they could have sent someone like possibly Braun Breaker. It would have been, to me, a much better choice for them. It would have been a true forbidden door if WWE or NXT would have thought the same thing. Now, they never specify about having a partnership. But I'm sure they're trying to find a way to get the Japanese wrestling scene on the WWE bandwagon. That's always been the case when WWE were trying to establish a foothold in Japan. Now, the reason Japan never wanted this was because they pay attention to what's been going on around the world. More specifically, the UK. If you guys remember, NXT UK killed many of the independent <coughs> promotions with their bullshit uh, uh, redrawing their talent. Like, let's say, back then, 
there was a certain wrestler that's supposed to wrestle for Southside Wrestling or something like that. They pulled him out. All this, and that was the problem. And Japan did not want nothing to do with it. Only maybe less than 5% of the Japanese wrestling scene were interested, but the others were like, screw that. But it never happened. Now, they're saying Charlie Dempsey to take on the Triple Crown Champion. Katsuhiko Nakajima. Now, I know for a fact, as a wrestling fan, I know Nakajima is going to devour him. Because the guy kicks hard, he hits hard. He's probably going to unconscious him. I don't know. Who knows? But to be honest with you, I don't feel Charlie Dempsey was the right guy to do the Forbidden Door. They could have done someone better. But it's their choice. I'm not going to argue. But yeah, that's how it is. So I hope everybody enjoys this episode. Um, me, I... <coughs> well, we'll see what happens because right now we're almost close, closing out the year and all of this, but we'll see what happens. So for now, I will see you guys on the next episode. So I must bid all of you adieu. So goodbye and have a nice day. Bang!